Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. All right, good morning. Didn't you do a great job? Yeah. Awesome. So I want to thank everybody for praying uh, for me. Um, We had a wonderful trip to Brazil, and um, on the way back, I started feeling a little bit under the weather, and then by Saturday, I felt way under the weather. And, uh, but then... Early uh, this week, started feeling a little bit better. So, thank you so much for that. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving, and um, uh, hopefully, you guys have a really wonderful holiday season uh, coming up. So, we're starting a new series today uh, called "The Prince of Peace," and this whole idea of peace is something that you see throughout the pages of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, over 400 times this word peace, this idea of peace is communicated. And you see it most prominently in uh, Isaiah 9, and there's this prophecy about the Messiah, and it lists the names of, of this Messiah that is coming. And uh, on the screen, uh, you'll see Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. And it's a famous one. And it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. So one of the names of God is the Prince of Peace. And literally what it means is that that name, Prince of Peace, it's capitalized, it's Shar Shalom, which means the one who brings comprehensive peace, thorough peace, not like the world gives, but this kind of other kind of peace. And so the world, we all crave peace. We crave it in our marriages, we crave it in our homes, we crave it with our children, we crave it in our neighborhoods, we crave it at our workplace, we crave it around the world in places like Ukraine and Israel and other places. We're craving this peace. Yet for most of us, the world is disruptive and full of distress. And so, the Christmas story, as we head into it this year, one of the major themes of this whole Christmas story is 
that God not only brings peace, he actually is peace. That, that God can bring peace into our hearts. He can bring peace into our situations and circumstances. And the big idea this morning, before we jump into an Old Testament passage of Scripture, the big idea this morning is peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of Christ. Peace is, it's not the absence of conflict. Because in that very passage of Scripture in Isaiah 9 that we just read from, if you read earlier, it talks about, hey, in the midst of, of darkness, in the midst of distress, in the midst of this, there's going to come this peace. Jesus, when he came, when he was born, and when you read the Christmas story in Luke 2, you'll see that it was dark. There was chaos. There was conflict. And yet in the midst of this, the angel said, glory unto God and peace unto men. So it's not the absence of conflict. It's the presence of Christ in our lives. And so I want to look this morning at, again, this word peace is used over 400 times in the Bible but I want to look at one of its origins. And so if you have your phone, uh, your device, we're going to be in Judges chapter 6. And we're going to look at this because this is one of the original times where God actually identifies himself as the Lord of peace. And what we can learn from that. So if you have your Bibles or devices, or you can follow along. We're going to be in Judges chapter 6 in the Old Testament. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years He gave them into the hands of the Midianites. And because the power of Midian was so oppressive... The Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys." They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So if we were going to sum up this situation in Judges chapter 6, that Gideon, who we're going to see here in a minute, and the Israelites find themselves in is, guys, this, it uses the word there in chapter, in verse two, the power of Midian was so oppressive. So he found himself and the Israelites found themselves in an oppressive situation. They found themselves in difficulty. 
They found themselves in terror. Think about this. The circumstances were so difficult that that they feared for their lives. They went and hid in clefts and in caves and all this stuff out of, I mean, guys, we sometimes read the Bible and we read through this stuff and we don't understand the magnitude of what they were going through. Because guys, we ourselves are also going through situations that are oppressive, difficult, full of terror, uncertainty, fear, and anxiety. Now, when, you, when we read this, sometimes, again, we, we don't connect the dots the way God maybe wants us to connect the dots. You have to understand that here they are planting their crops, and Midian would come up and would actually wipe out their crops, wipe out their finances, their lives. This, this had an economic impact on their lives. Where are we going to be provided for? So this uncertainty and fear and anxiety is not only around who's going to take care of me, how are we going to be provided for, but also this oppressive environment in which they lived. So this is what they lived in, but guys, we can live in the very same situation. Rising prices and wages staying the same and inflation can be oppressive. Wondering where our job, next job is going to come from can be oppressive and cause anxiety and fear and worry in our life. What's going on around the world can cause anxiety and terror in our life. This is where Israel found themselves when Gideon comes on the scene. Verse 7, when the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I'm the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Listen, two points here with this, guys, in this story. Number one is that no matter what circumstance we find ourselves, God is always wanting to bring redemption. Their choices had put them in a very difficult place, and God is acknowledging that, but he's also giving them a way out. He's coming and saying, hey guys, I don't want you to stay in this place of lack. I don't want you to stay in this place of broke. I don't want you to stay in this place of anxiety and terror and fear. So even when we find ourselves in difficulty, God is always wanting to bring redemption. The second thing is, a really powerful point here, is that God always sees and knows and understands the circumstances that we're in. He's not oblivious to it. So as soon as they turned to God and said, 
God, help us, deliver us. God immediately responded and moved and sent them a prophet who began to speak into their situation. So watch what happens. So the angel of the Lord came and sat down, verse 11, under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abirzite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. So Gideon is here. He's hiding in a wine press full of fear and anxiety. And the angel of the Lord comes to him. Verse 12, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. God speaks the same thing into our situations. If we'll hear. Because when things get difficult and we sometimes think, I can't go through this. I can't make it. I can't endure this any longer. This is where Gideon found himself. And the first thing the angel of the Lord says to him is, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, verse 13, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? <laughs> He's sarcastic. If the Lord is if the Lord is great, if God is great, if if He's all-knowing and all-loving and all-powerful, dude. Why are we in this situation that we're in? Goes on. Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and then given us to the hand of Midian. So he's going, hey man, Circumstances are so difficult and so oppressive right now. God has abandoned us. He doesn't see my physical challenge and weariness. He doesn't see my job need. He doesn't need my need for my kid. He doesn't see that God's abandoned us. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. In other words, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the ability I don't have the resources to be able to really change this circumstance and situation. Like, dude, my, my tribe is last and I'm least in my tribe. Like, the circumstances can't change. The Lord answered, I will be with you. I will be with you. And you will strike down 
all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if I found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it's really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat, and a fl- made a, uh, a flour. He made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. He brought them out and offered them to him under the oak. And the angel of the Lord said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on the rock and pour out the broth. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the tip of the staff was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. And when Gideon realized that it was really God, (laughs) he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord, I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, guys, and this is so powerful. The Lord said to him, peace. Do not be afraid. You're not going to die. Peace. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, the Lord is peace. To this day it stands in Afra of the Abiezrites. He built an altar and called it, the Lord is peace. What can we learn from Gideon's story? Number one, we don't have to go through anything alone. Two different times in that story, the angel of the Lord said, I will be with you. I will be with you. God's presence can allow us the ability to go through any circumstance, any circumstance, because not only does God give peace, he, he is peace, and he pr- can provide peace in the midst of the most difficult circumstances. I've seen people go through the most challenging things, a sick child, And yet, they walk in incredible peace. Because guys, here's the the thing we have to understand about this story. Is not only was God saying to Gideon, Gideon, I'm going to be with you. Like, you're not going to have to do this alone. You're not going to have to shoulder this alone. I'm going to be with you. You can lean into me, Gideon in this circumstance, in this moment. But the other thing, if you read the story closely, what he's saying is, I have the the ability to actually change it. He wasn't giving Gideon false hope. I have the ability to come in and change 
situations like that. It may look circumstantially like this thing could never change, but I have the ability to change like that. I've shared this story before. I was discipling an NFL football player named Jeff Saturday. Jeff was the starting center for the Indianapolis Colts when Peyton Manning was there. He played 13 years. He's now an ESPN commentator. He coached the Colts last year for, I think, eight games. So Jeff and I would meet every week on the phone. And uh, one time I called him, and I could just sense this dread and heaviness on the phone. And I said, man, are you doing okay? He said, I'm actually not. He said, uh, Karen is pregnant and uh, with our second child. And we went in today and they told us that the child was going to have all kinds of physical um, challenges and illnesses and things and that it would probably be best if we just went ahead and aborted the child. And I said, Jeff, let's pray about it. And I'm not saying this in some heroic way. I'm not saying this in some way that somehow God always does whatever. I said, man, let's pray about it. So right there in my kitchen, I just began to pray. And I said, God, whatever this situation is, we just put it into your hands. Because, God, we know that you're perfect, and we know that you don't make mistakes. And, God, whatever this situation is, we know that you'll have the grace for Jeff and Karen to go through this. And, and Father, right now, we just we put this into your hands. And Jeff said, man, I just feel this supernatural peace coming on that I don't have to be anxious and I don't have to worry and I don't have to dread and I said Jeff I say this very carefully because I don't want to be a sensationalist I say this very carefully but I truly believe that this situation is not as it appears because guys you can see all through the Bible that circumstances speak one thing and all of a sudden, circumstances can change. A widow is there with her last meal, last little bit of food, last little bit. And the prophet comes in and says, hey, go ahead and give this to me. <laughs> and watch God provide for you. She steps, and all of a sudden, she's got oil coming in that never ended until she ran out of containers, vats. You can see a man named Elisha surrounded by an army pray and all of a sudden his servant Gehazi sees the hills filled with the army of the Lord. You can see Lazarus die and everybody else overcome with grief and mourning and Jesus all of a sudden coming and speaking a word and Lazarus rises from the dead. So I said, Jeff, I'm telling you, man, I, and I don't say this. I, I'm not toying with your emotions, nor am I trying to be a false prophet. <laughs> but I really believe 
that it's not as it says. Two weeks later, we get on the phone. He's ecstatic. I said, dude, what's up? He says, we went back to the doctor. We did an ultrasound again, and everything is different. Everything is different. They said none of this stuff is, is the markers and indicators and all this. And they had a healthy son, Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is now playing football at North Carolina, Jeff's alma mater. Guys, what we can learn from, from Gideon's story here is that circumstances can change. And God, God comes in and he brings, but here's the thing with, with Jeff's story is that immediately, as soon as he invited God into the situation, the fear and anxiety and dread and worry left. And God's peace came in. So we can learn this. We don't have to go through things alone. God's presence can allow us to go through any circumstance. The second thing we can learn is that God's peace is greater than any circumstance or difficulty. God's peace, is, it's, it's, it's absolutely greater. It's more powerful than anything personally that we, we will go through. Come on. We've all been in those situations. I've been in those situations with your children. I've said this before. I took my kids to SeaWorld one time. And we were having a great time. We had season passes when we lived here. And my kids were young. Brett was young and Elijah was young. And they wanted to do this pirate ship thing. And they were climbing up and coming out and climbing up and coming out. And all of a sudden, I see Brett come out, but I don't see Elijah come out. And I'm sitting there going, okay, let me walk around to the other side. <laughs> walk around to the other side. Don't see him. Walk around to the other side. Don't see him. Walk around to the back. Don't see him. Walk around to the front. Don't see him. 30 minutes. I can't find him. And thoughts are hitting me. Man, what if he's been abducted? What if, oh my God. And the anxiety level was rising. And I just stopped and prayed. I said, Lord Jesus, I put this into your hands. God, I not only need your peace, but I need to find my son. <laughs> I was getting, dude, I walked about 50 yards, and at a little place where they had a little playscape and slide and a little sandbox, I see him there playing by himself unoblivious and I went over and I grabbed him and I hugged him 
said, dude, <laughs> why did you take off? He was like four or five years old. Even in the midst of that, God's peace was greater. His peace was greater. Last thing we can learn. is that God's promises dispel fear, worry, dread, and anxiety. In the midst of this, guys, in the midst of this story of Gideon, it's a small microcosm of God's presence, his peace, and his promises. Because he says twice, Gideon, I will be with you. Gideon, you will deliver Israel. Gideon, you will have victory. Gideon, it might not look like it right now. Gideon, you are going to come through and navigate this circumstance on the other side. Gideon, my presence is with you. Gideon, my peace. That's the first thing he says to him in the midst of his fear. How am I going to do this? I'm weak and incapable. I don't have resources. I don't have... The first thing the angel of the Lord says, peace. Peace. I will be with you. Guys, the incredible thing is all through the Bible, we'll see this same scenario play out. And most prominently with Jesus so what can we learn? This story and the Christmas story reminds us that in Christ, God purchases our peace, gives us his peace, settles our hearts in peace, and makes provision for us to live in peace in a chaotic and disruptive world. He purchases our peace, he gives us his peace. He settles our hearts in peace. And he makes provision for us to live in peace. Colossians 1.20 For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in him in Jesus and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through the blood shed on the cross. He purchased our peace. He purchased it. John 14, 27, Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John 14, 27. So he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I leave with you. And then 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. Guys, one of the most beautiful themes and narratives of the entire Bible is this idea of in the midst of chaos and distress and disruption... God provides peace. He provides peace. Guys, before I got saved, never had peace. Internally 
was always contention and striving and ta-da. never had peace in things around me. Going through things, always carrying a thing of like, oh, I deserve this. This bad thing that's happening. Oh, I deserve this. Da-da-da-da-da. And running from things. And I got saved in the first things that hit me. Truly, the day I got saved and the day I received Jesus, the first things that hit me were love, joy, and peace. Man, I got filled up with love. I had a joy inexpressible and full of glory. And I had a peace that God was with me no matter what I would go through. Knee injuries, getting cut, financial challenge, this and that, family said, da, 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 in the midst of it. Peace. God has his peace for every one of us in the circumstances that we're in. Let me go ahead and pray. We'll just go ahead and transition the service. God, thank you so much that this Christmas story highlights that in the midst of distress and darkness and chaos, you brought peace, everlasting peace. Thank you for every family here, God, that in the midst of everything that they're going through, relational challenges and financial challenges and vocational challenges, that just as we learn from Gideon, God, you're aware and you provide peace in the midst of it and you can change circumstances. So I pray for every need in the body today. I pray for every physical need. Those who need healing, I pray that you'd bring healing and strength. Those that need, God, jobs, I'm asking that you would open opportunity and provide job. Those who need finances, you would provide finances. Lord, those who need comfort and peace during this time, I'm asking that you would be the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Peace, Shar Shalom, into our situations. And we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, hope you... Uh, Got something out of that this morning. We're going to go ahead and end our service. Um, Tato and their boys uh, have some dogs down in Columbia that they love dearly, that they've had to keep down there. They're trying to get them back. And so Janet uh, made some cookies uh, this morning. Um, if anybody wants to donate to their cause of getting their dogs back up here. They just asked if, they, if I would do this this morning, and I'm like, sure. We're a small, knit family. It's not going to be... A, don't feel obligated at all, but they're going to have some cookies and stuff here. If you want to grab some and um, donate to that, feel free to. But uh, if not, look forward to seeing you next week for Donnie's big service uh, as we celebrate his accomplishment. Uh, of his book, um, The Secret Sauce of Leadership. All right, have a great week, guys. Love you. 
Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you're able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.